brought back to life, you'd have something to say too. Somebody say amen. Oh, somebody, boy, help me to... Woo, amen. He, he that was dead sat up, verse 15, and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there, that's the second time that boy got delivered. Somebody say, amen. And there came a fear on all and the glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Father, we love you today. Pray God you'd help me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Give us liberty uh, to share this thought on a Wednesday night. Get us down in that, in that gear, Lord, that you want us to get in. Lord, we just grateful, Lord, for the privilege and opportunity to be here. And Lord, I want to be mindful of you. I know that I stand behind this sacred desk, not fit of myself, not worthy of myself. I ask God for a fresh cleansing, anointing and power and unction from on high that no man can preach without. I stand where no man can help me but you. I pray it help me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost, not with enticing words of man wisdom, excellency of speech, but in demonstration of power and the Spirit. God, we pray it be so that you get glory. Souls will be saved and lives that are saved will be drawn up close and be forever changed. We'll give you glory for all those, Lord, and we pray, God, also, before we close this prayer, that you be and minister to those who can't be here tonight, and we'll thank you for those that are in Jesus' name. Amen. If the Lord would help me, you can be seated for a little while. I want to preach on this thought on in Luke chapter number seven: a cure for a corpse. A cure for a corpse. Now, glory to God, Christ is the cure for what ails you. Amen. What is the cure for a corpse? Well, a cure for a corpse is not to call Andrew Walmack. Somebody say amen. A cure for a corpse is for the Lord to show up. But in the Bible, I'm going to mention three and preach on one. I want you to think about this. You can go with me if you want to in the text. But preaching is a cure for a corpse. As Ezekiel, he was sent by the Holy Ghost into a valley that was full of dead bones. The Bible said they was dry. They were very dry. The ideas they were about, if you touched them, they were ready to turn to powder. But when he preached what God told him to preach, there was a shaking. Amen. I remember the day, I don't matter, God preached that day when I was dead. Amen. There was a shaking in my bones too. There was a little shaking and then the news began to come upon it. And then they began to stand on their feet. And the Lord said, preach again. And he preached to the four winds. And the wind began to blow. And thank God the Spirit entered into them. So I say, based on Ezekiel chapter 37, that preaching will, thank God, cure a corpse. But then if you went to 2 Kings in chapter 4 and looked in verse number 32, you'd find not only were preaching, it's preaching a cure for a corpse, but thank God praying is a cure for a corpse. You don't believe me? Thank God ask Elijah. When that Shulamite woman, that son died in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse number 32, the Bible says that she took her boy and went and laid up on the bed of the man of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And according to the Bible, that when Elisha was come in into the house, that behold, the child was dead and laid on his bed. And you know what he did, Brother Tony? Hey, man, he didn't call a meeting, ask everybody what they thought they ought to do. 
Uh, they didn't call the EMS 911. Uh, wasn't even invented yet, but I'll tell you uh, what he did. He used uh, Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Uh, call unto me uh, and I will answer thee. Uh, amen. That old man of God, uh, he called. The Bible said in verse 33, uh, he went in therefore and shut the door uh, upon them twain uh, and prayed unto the Lord. Uh, you know what happened? That old boy got up. Uh, preaching is a cure for a corpse. Uh, praying in the Holy Ghost is a cure for a corpse. Uh, uh, but I'm interested tonight in Luke chapter 7. In our text tonight, uh, uh, the presence of the Lord uh, is a cure for the corpse. Uh, you say, preacher, I don't know if I believe that. Well, all you got to do is ask the widow of Nahan. Uh, she probably thought in her mind, uh, uh, she's going out there following that boy. Uh, and according to the custom of that day, uh, if you had a loved one that died in the morning, they had to be buried before the evening. If they died in the afternoon or evening, uh, they had to be buried before six o'clock that night. If they died somewhere in the night, they had to be buried because of the temperature and for sanitary purposes, uh, they had to be buried quick. They had to be buried fast. Uh, and so, thank God if you think about this just for a minute, uh, this widow Nahan probably, uh, uh, she's known as the widow of Nahan. Her life uh, is a life of sorrow. Uh, she probably thought, I'll never hear my voice, voice again. I'll never hug him again. Her grief probably had got on her so bad uh, that she probably thought to herself, uh, and this is more than I can handle. I don't know why God would put this much on uh, one person and somebody may be here tonight went through trouble after trouble after trouble. Uh, and you see, preacher, I don't know uh, if anything will fix my problem. Good news, pra praise God. Uh, the presence of the Lord uh, will cure a corpse uh, and thank God fix your catastrophe. Amen. Thank God I thought uh, about this story in Luke chapter number 7. Uh, it's really predominantly those verses in chapter number 7. The theme of the verses is the display of Christ's compassion. The word compassion means uh, a spontaneous uh, overflow of love that moves one to action. Uh, you can say, I feel sorry for that person, but if you have compassion for that person in a ditch that's hungry, you'll go over and try to feed them, try to meet their need. Uh, has a difference in feeling sorry and having compassion. In, in our text today, uh, we're finding out, thank God, uh, when Christ showed up, uh, a corpse is going to get up. Amen. Amen. Uh, in Luke 7, there's a few personalities uh, that I think we ought to mention. I think we've got to notice today uh, that Christ in this text is showing us what it means to sympathize with one of, uh, one of the people around us uh, or somebody in our family that's hurting. Uh, I, I believe here uh, uh, there's two possessions that is going, taking place. And verse number 11, the Bible says, and it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. But then in verse number 12, now there, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. So there's two processions of people that's going to meet up at the gate. Life 
and death are meeting at the gate. Order and disorder is meeting at the gate. Amen. Deliverance and discouragement is going to meet at the gate. Ministry and misery are going to meet at the gate. The prince of life is coming to the gate when the, when death is walking or being carried out of the gate. Life and death are going to meet at the gate. What are you saying, preacher? Anytime I think about gate and think about death and life meeting at the gate, my mind goes to Hebrews and chapter number 13 where the Bible said in about verse 6 that Jesus died right outside the gate. You see, he endured death that we might have life. When I think about Luke 7, my mind goes to the victory that's at the gate. It reminds me of Calvary. Thank God through death he destroyed him that had the power of death and delivered us who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. Ain't you glad one day that you come into confrontation with your own sinfulness and saw him as the only Savior. I say amen. Woo, amen. Man, just like this boy is dead in trespasses and sins, this boy, like us, had no power to heal ourselves. This boy's helpless. Amen. There's, he's helpless to avert his destiny. Amen. He's dead. He can't talk. He can't hear. He can't do nothing. He's dead. Ephesians tell us, amen, in chapter 2 and verse 1, and ye hath he quickened who were dead and trespasses in sin. Oh, thank God this young man, the only son of a widow, he's leaving Nahan. This word Nahan means pleasant. And this world is pleasant to sinners' eyes. It's got much dazzle and much things to attract people. There's all kinds of parties going on even tonight. And it seems pleasant. But when you're carried out and you're dead in a place called pleasant, aren't you glad one day the Prince of Life showed up? And though you're dead, you still heard. And though you're dead, you still still got up because when life meets death amen death has to go hide in the corner somewhere I say hallelujah, amen. And so it is, thank God, with every sinner that got saved. You can't save yourself. Nobody can save you. It's going to take God to save you, amen. The presence of the Lord is what got this corpse up. Notice with me, amen, first, if you will, in verse number 12. Notice these characters in our text. Notice the mourner. The Bible says, now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, Behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Here's the sorrow of a mother. Here's the sadness of a wife who's been left. I mean, this woman, you can look at her, and, and though she has got much people of the city with her, you can see the loneliness that this woman is having to endure. I mean, she looks lonely. Her husband's gone. She's already a widow. Uh, she's a, she's endured the sadness of bearing a spouse, uh, and now she's going out according to the Bible. The only uh, the only child that she has, the only son of this widow, uh, hey. 
Amen. She's, she's in a place of misery. She's in a place of sadness. And, and if you go back just a few verses and chapter number seven, you'll find out that Jesus was almost a day's journey from where this boy was fixing to be buried. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm just saying, praise God, according to how quick they had to bury him, Brother Greg, before this boy ever died, he was already on the way to help this mama. Great God, somebody help me. I'm saying today, before you ever showed up to church, before you ever endured that mud hole, before you ever had that hardship, hey, can I tell you, God already saw it in your path and was moving in your direction to meet your need. I'm so glad we have a Savior just like that. Amen. Hallelujah. He was on his way. Amen. Here this woman is and she's walking out, got her head low, no doubt. Amen. Jesus heads her way. Amen. In the flesh, carnated in the flesh. I told a man this other day. A matter of fact, I think it's Brother Linder this afternoon. I said, you ever thought about John chapter 5? That pool, that Bible says there was a certain man laid down by the pool of Bethesda. And he'd been there for 38 years, Jared. Jesus has only been alive in the flesh 33 years. And yet he knew that he'd been a long time Oh, Lord. I'm talking about before he ever came in this world. He knew that boy. Thank God. He knew right where he was going to find him. I feel like he's waiting 33 years just to show up one day on his little porch. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God. Hey, what I'm saying is God, he'll move in your direction before you ever realize you can need his help. I say amen. I see a mourner in our text in verse number 12. She's this widow of Nahum. Matter of fact, she's referred to as the widow and everybody when you think about Nain you think about this widow of Nain and here she is she's got a lifetime it seems like of sorrow but thank God for our Savior he's so he's so sympathetic and and I'll say this he's sympathetic to your situation as well he knows about your pain. He knows your heartache, mama. He knows what you're facing with them youngins. He knows what you're facing, daddy. He knows what you're going uh, through, young people. Hey, he knows everything, and he's sympathetic. Thank God he's moved. This, this compassion is a spontaneous overflow of his love that's moving to do an action in your life. He wants to move in your life tonight. I believe that. Thank God and praise the Lord. You can say what you want to say. Boy, it sure is good to know. He'll show up every once in a while and say, weep not. Amen. He had compassion on her and he said unto her, weep not. Now, can you imagine the audacity of somebody walking up to a mama that's already lost her husband, fixing to bury her only son, and the Lord walks up and says, weep not. Can you, can you imagine? Have you ever met somebody when you're pouring out your heart, they're about halfway listening and uh, they, their mind is somewhere else and uh, they just say something 
that just totally, hey, but thank God, hallelujah, when he said weep not, he meant thank God if weeping is fixing to turn around. I believe Brother Jared, she was coming out mourning, but the sun was fixing to come up, and that you was fixing to get out of the way. Hey, man, and she, hey, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning, and one letter makes a world of a difference, and when the Lord shows up, he'll make a world of a difference in your life. I say amen. Hallelujah. There's this morning. Praise the Lord. We can say today. Matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and say this. There's not ever been a mama who has stood by the coffin of their child that Jesus wasn't standing there with you. There's never been a time when we went through any turmoil or trouble in our life that the Lord hadn't been there. Understanding, touched, moved with compassion. Hey man, I say glory to God. And most of the time, brother, most of the time, brother Oliver, it was a custom in that day when you came on a, upon a funeral procession, you usually joined in. And marched. It was respectful, not just to pull over on the side of the road, stand there, but but join in in the march because they hired people to wail and they hired people to play music. And the more the racket, the better it was. That was just the custom of the day. The more the people, the the more sympathetic you felt like people were for your situation. But that ain't what Jesus did. Hey man, thank God we're fixing to get to it in a minute. Hey man, but when he showed up, he stopped it. I say amen. Notice not only the mourner, notice the master. Look at verse 13. And when the Lord saw her, amen, I love it. Every funeral in this King James Bible that he showed up at, he messed it up. I like it, amen, amen. He messed it up. I mean, he interrupted every funeral. Amen. It was a custom to join, but not Jesus. He stopped it. We need to have compassion like Jesus had. Amen. Notice the compassion that he had. First of all, should see. The Bible said in verse 13, and Jesus saw her. If we really have the compassion like Christ has compassion, we'll see others who are in need. If people aren't compassionate, all they see is their own mess. And as long as you focused on your own mess, you're never going to see the others who might need something a whole lot worse than you. Somebody better say amen right there. Uh, uh, he saw her before his fleshly eyes saw her. Amen. He, 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 he made it, showed up where she was. He saw her in her situation and he said, weep not. Not only did he see her, but compassion will see, compassion will speak. Notice Jesus spoke. Notice what he said in verse number 13. He says to her, weep not. But then Jesus didn't just speak to her. He spoke to the man who's dead and said, arise. There's no by, by the way, who else can talk to the dead? As far as I know, Will, if somebody here's got, you think you've got enough God, I know the petties. We'll go over here and they'll open up the funeral home and, and we'll take you in there. And, and when they get up, I'm gone. Hey, Amen. I ain't staying around. <laughs> Woo! 
hey, man, I am out of there. And nobody else would even attempt to. It'd be, now, they, I'm not talking about people to go to a grave. That's where they were planted. And you go by there sometimes and say, Lord, I know she can't hear me. She ain't here. But, Lord, would you give her a message that I sure need. I need her to, I need her help. And boy, I just want to come out here and talk. I'm, not, I'm talking about Jesus. Talk to dead ears. And by the way, when you was dead in your sin and you couldn't save yourself because salvation is of the Lord and a dead man can't help himself, a dead man can't walk, a dead man can't listen, a dead man can't confess his sin, a dead man is dead. Unless the Lord comes by and speaks to your heart, you'll be forever dead and die and go to hell. Ain't you glad that God can speak to the dead? Amen. Amen, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. He spoke to the dead, he spoke to this young boy. Amen, all of our opinions, all of our conversation will fall on deaf, dead ears. But when the Lord comes and speaks to your heart, tells you to go witness to that old sinner, he'll take his word, he'll enlighten their eyes. Amen, and the Holy Ghost will speak to that dead sinner. That's why we preach, so that God will take the living word and speak to a dead sinner so they can hear the living word and get saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. Matter of fact, I was thinking about that old boy in John 5 again today. And it's weird, Brother Jerry, because Jesus says, Wilt thou be made whole? Who wouldn't want to be made whole? Evidently, he'd been so long in that case he was the shot caller on the porch. I used to go preach at the prison a lot. And some of that crowd done got so comfortable in prison, they didn't want out. They was the shot caller. Nothing happened in the prison unless they allowed it to happen. It's as if the Lord knew this old boy and said, Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be? And after he got done with a whole bunch of excuses, the Lord just left it with him and said, Rise, take up your bed and walk. It's up to you. You want to get out of your sin? You want to get out of your mess? I'm telling you right now, you don't need no man. You don't need no angel. You don't need no pool. Hey, you don't need no pool of water. The well's here. Somebody say amen. Hey, man, living water's here. Jesus showed up to where he was. Hey, man, that boy done got comfortable there. He done got used to being there. And some folks, I'm convinced, friend, some folks have been so long in sin, I don't even know if they want to get out. But if they'll ever see themselves sinful and see how wicked they really are, they'll I want to get out of there, I promise. Amen, amen, hallelujah. I tell you what our job is, just preach the word, amen. Jesus spoke to him, said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And, and that's why God calls us to preach the word because it's the words of Jesus that still will pierce a dead sinner's heart. It's the words of Jesus that'll get them up out, amen. I got a little thing I'm, I'm gonna say. I've been debating on whether I'm gonna send it out. Some folks think it's a little hard, probably. But I'm going to send it out on uh, lockjaw preachers. <laughs> we got a lot of lockjaw preachers. Amen. They won't preach on sin. They won't tell people what's right and what's wrong. I mean, you almost think they're politicians. Somebody say amen. Preach on, preacher. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Y'all know I'm right. Amen. More worried about the pocketbook and the payment and popularity than they are preaching the word of God. He said preach the word. Doctrinal straight Bible preaching, walking through the valley. It'll bring people to a crossroads. They either got to get right or get out one. Amen. Amen. He spoke the word. And if we'll just preach the word, sinners will still get up. Amen. 
Amen. Notice, not just the compassion that saw, the compassion that spoke. And what I'm saying is, if we have compassion like Christ, we'll see sinners dying in their sin going to hell. We'll see saints overtaken by their sin. We'll see the need of this world is to run, run head on with Jesus. I, I've, I've got a lesson I'm going to teach. I don't know if I'm doing it on Wednesday night or going to call early Sunday. Or, I don't know what we're going to do, but it's about the importance of the Bible. Amen. And oh man, we need to have a steady diet of the Bible. Hey, I, preacher, I get asked this. Preacher, pray for me. I, I ain't where I need to be spiritually. I just two things I ask them. How much are you reading your Bible? Well, I said, well, when you get that straight, we'll talk some more. Somebody say Amen. If you don't care enough just to read, I mean that, that'd be like that'd be like your mama making you a T-bone steak. Felt a little Holy Ghost on that one, amen. Making you a T-bone steak every single meal, and you saying, man, I don't need that. And then you die, and you go and blame her, your mama for not taking care of you. God's gave you 66 books in the Word of God, 1189 chapters. There's so much good in there. Hey, man, great God in heaven. Hey, if you go to Burger King, you'll get it your way. But if you'll go to Wendy's, you'll get it old-fashioned and juicy. And that's the way this Bible is, old-fashioned and juicy. Say amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God. Hey, we need a steady diet of the Bible. Then do you pray? If you don't pray, hey man, ain't no wonder where were we at. If you are compassionate, you need to see people. You need to speak to people. But not only that, compassion will save people. Notice what the Bible says in the book of Jude. Y'all know that great book, that vestibule to the revelation, that last book. Here's Jude. And Jude says, if you want to make a difference, have compassion. Of some making, who are we going to have compassion on? Have compassion on people who's been wounded in church, who've been hurt in church. Amen. Amen. Boy, I feel like staying there a while for some reason. Those that's been hurt in church, we want all of them to come over here. Amen. Hey, you say, preacher, them that's wicked. I want the drope heads, the moonshine makers. I, I want the street walkers. I want you to find the dirtiest one. Bring them to church. Amen. Amen. Because they make the best Christians when they get right with God. The wicked, the wounded, and the weary. Some out here running everywhere just trying to find Bible preaching. Bring them to church. Amen. This is where we need to be. Hey man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go to church as dead. If I had people, if they had a graveyard and I had grandpa's buried, I'd dig my grandpa up and move him somewhere that had some life to it. Somebody said, I wouldn't want to have my, I wouldn't want a dog to go to a dead church. I wouldn't want my dog to go. It ain't, it ain't just enough to go to church. I want to go where there's life, amen. Where God shows, where the presence of the Lord gets a corpse up, amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said to that boy, amen, arise. But this ain't, this ain't the only time. This ain't the only time. See, compassion sees compassion. Amen. Speaks compassion saves. This boy, what a picture of salvation. He gets up. It looks like it's the end of the road, but it's just a new beginning. And he gets up, Miss Victoria. Hey, but this ain't the only time he did it. Y'all remember over in Jairus' daughter? Amen. And Luke 8. 
He's going to go over to Jairus' daughter, that little damsel. She's only going to be dead for just a little bit, and Jesus is going to get her up. This old boy, he's been dead for a few hours, and Jesus got him up. And then there's a boy over in John 11 named Lazarus. He's been dead four days. By now he stinks. And Jesus got him up. You know what I think that tells us? It don't matter what age they are. And it don't matter how long they've been dead. Jesus can still get them up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In our text we see the Lord had an element of pity, an element of power. Amen. But it was an element of prophecy. Just as sure as this boy got up. Hey listen, one day he had to die again. But if you're sitting here today and you're lost uh, hey God will save you but there'll be one day you'll have to die and the rapture is going to fix it all some's going to go by clouds and some's going to go by clouds but everybody is going to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord amen it was a picture of a prophetic picture of the rapture of the church the resurrection the reunion the recognition, not just the master. Look at the, this man. Look at verse 15. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Say, preacher. Said he got, he got up. You preacher, you telling me this boy that was dead, and, and, and I never noticed this till today, probably. But in our in our text, in the book of Luke, it, it's it's got all kinds of miracles that's in no other gospel. And it's also one of the things that sticks out about the book of Luke is this is the third time Luke uses uh, that significant wording where it says only daughter, only son. It's as if Luke is magnifying the fact this is all she had. Notice what the Bible says. In Luke chapter 8, verse number 42, Jairus only had one daughter. In Luke chapter 9, and verse number 38, the Bible talks about that demon-possessed boy and said it was his only child. Amen. And in our text, the Bible says, this is the only son of, verse 12, the only son of his mother. I'm going to tell you right, it don't matter if you've got ten youngins or if you've got one. God's interested in every single one of them. Amen. Amen. God's presence. Thank God will make a difference in every funeral service. He'll rescue sinners. He'll get them under conviction. He'll speak when nobody can't speak. Amen. And a dead man, amen, will rise up and begin to speak. And wouldn't you? I wonder what he said, brother. I got to think it. wonder what he said. Wonder what? It's the first word because the Bible says, it don't tell us what he said. It just said he got up, he sat up. He said rise up and he sat up and spoke. I wonder what he said. I, here's what I think he said. Mama, I sure enough dead and I'm alive. Now y'all say what you want. I don't think he said, well, I was dead. No, i tell you what he did. <laughs> Bless the Lord, I was dead and now I'm alive. 
I bet he went to school the first time I back to school. Woo! I met a man named Jesus. Hey, man, hey. I heard a lot of people talk about him. I've been around church, been it, but praise God, this man named Jesus got me up, amen. His words broke through the darkness. His words broke through the deadness. His words delivered me, amen. I could hear him. I wonder what he said. Mom, I was dead. But I heard him talking. <laughs> oh, my. Look at this one. Verse 15. Let me move on. And he that sat up began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. This widow, this mourner, is the same one that I'm specifying his mother. But I, I feel like she needs to be mentioned twice. Notice what happens. The Bible says he delivered him to his mother. Now, this word delivered means to give as a present. Everybody near Miss Bethany's got a baby on the way. Mars just had one. Psalm 127, about verse 3, says that children are a heritage of the Lord. I, I, would everybody in here agree? Children are a gift from God. I, I believe I'm Bible-based right there. Amen. Hey, and the first time that baby was born, hey, man, and you got the I told Ram, I said, Ram, there ain't no way to explain the kind of joy and the kind of love that's going to bust inside of you when you get the I asked him, I asked him if it was so. He said, it was so, preacher. I can't believe, hey, thank God for the love that you had. What a gift. What a treasure. What, what a blessing. God puts them arrows in our quiver to shoot in the right direction. Hallelujah. Oh, but this ain't, that ain't the only time it was delivered. Hey, man, this baby was delivered again. This boy was delivered again. The Bible said it was gave like a present. And you know the greatest present your mama could ever get was for you not just to be born the first time, but for you to be born the second time. You want to do something for your mama. You want to do something for your family. You want to do something to impact this world. The greatest thing you could ever do is to hear the words of Christ. Hey, man, let the preaching and the praying and the presence of God show up in your life and save you and get born again. Amen. Amen. Wonder why. Reckon why, church. I, I think there's a couple reasons. I believe it's to show us that boy, when that boy's gave back to him, it's sure enough a gift. But I think there's a, another picture there, another application. When he, when he got that boy that newly risen dead boy, picture of a sinner saved, and put it in the care of the mama. The mama was to keep caring for the boy, and the boy cared for the mama. Here, here's what I think. The church is a picture of a mother. We need to take care of those fresh born again. Would you say Amen. And, and, and when you get saved, you'll be amazed how your love for the brethren will increase. In fact, the Bible says we know we've passed from death unto life because we love 
the brethren. Jesus, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. You can forbear one another. You can forgive one another. I'm going to tell you, when you get saved, you'll love one another. Amen. It's amazing. When I got saved, I used to hang around this old boy, and there was like two groups back in. Y'all don't know nothing what I'm saying. Take my word for it. We hung out in Mill Spring, and there was a crowd that hung out in Columbus. And the crowd that hung out in Mill Spring, we was probably the rough rough rednecks <laughs> and the ones that head out in Columbus uh, we, we considered them to be a little fancy you know we always fought one another we had fun fighting I know y'all think I'm crazy but uh, we didn't worry about bats or nothing we just had fun knocking each other's teeth that sounds crazy but we had that's what we did on Friday night you probably remember. I mean, we, we just had a ball doing that. Oh, Jeff McCraw. Hey, man, I remember one time he, this old boy come running toward me. Jeff McCraw hit that guy, knocked him clean over the car, and said, don't mess with Brother Shane. I said, hey, hey man. Hey, man, boy, it's good to have friends like that when you lost. It's even better to have them when you get saved. Hey, man. I, I'm talking about, I, it was just, old rough crowd but you know what when I got saved and one of them got saved and one of them was called to preach and I was called to preach we became best buddies it's amazing when God saves your soul he'll make you love that crowd you'll love everybody amen thank God for that crowd he was delivered to the mama this mother notice this multitude in verse 16 and 17 and there came fear on all and they glorify God saying that a great prophet is risen. This is not the kind of fear that brings terror. This is the fear of revelation. This is a fear of, uh, of reverence. This is a, a fear of revelry. I mean, they're excited. Amen. Bible says this. said great fear came upon that crowd. And notice this, colon, and they glorified God. And verse number 16. I'm just walking down the King James Bible. That word there, glorify God, means to give him the praise. It means to shout. It means to lift up your voice. I say glory to God. I'm going to tell you what they're doing, brother. Hey, they, they said, my God, this is the Messiah. This is that great great prophet that Moses said one's going to come like me and deliver the people of God out of Egypt or out of sin. This is that great prophet. Hallelujah. It's him. It's the Messiah. It's the Savior. It's God in flesh and they glorify God. Amen. I tell you what, when God shows up and sinners get saved, it brings glory to God. And the Bible says there's rejoicing in the heaven uh, uh, over. The Bible says it like this. When a sinner repents, the, there's joy in the presence of the angels. I don't even know. If they, I don't think they get in on it. They're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. According to the Bible, they desire to look in on it. But I tell you who is shouting. I believe the Lord's shouting. Zephaniah 3.17. I got Bible for it. Amen. The Lord rejoices over the earth. <laughs> Amen. The Lord's having a, but not just that, saints. It makes news in heaven. Woo! I don't know. I don't know, Cody. I don't know, Nathan. I don't know you grandparents. I don't know you great-grandparents. Probably somebody back somewhere around you that's might have already passed on. But when y'all got saved, news made heaven. 
Glory to God. Prayers is answered. Amen. I'm telling you, that's the way it'll happen, church. It makes heaven's news. Amen. Hallelujah. And it made earth's news and they rejoice and they shout. But notice this. Not just today. Not just today fear. Not just today glorify God. But the Bible says this. This rumor, verse 17, of him went forth throughout all Judea. In other words, the, the reality the rumor, the, rea- the rumored reality that the Messiah raised a dead boy, that the Messiah had power over death, spread through Judea and all the region round about. Are y'all with me? Can you imagine this? If folks are get so tore up, amen, when the dead get up, when sinners get saved, fear starts gripping on our hearts. We don't want to see nobody die and go to hell. And folks that are glad because that person got born again go to glorifying God. Hey man, that young boy speaks. I guarantee you he went to tell him, come see a man, come see a man, come see a man, amen. Maybe, just maybe, y'all don't have to agree with me, but maybe the Nain Daily Newspaper had to print a retraction the next morning. Probably went something like this. We like to print a retraction that showed up in our obituary column yesterday. That young man is not dead. Though he was dead, he's alive again. So we need to retract our former statement. I say, amen. I'm telling you, church, I mean, when the Lord showed up, this old boy got up. He was dead and he's alive again. It began to be spread about. I brought John Wesley used to say it like this. We need to be gossiping the gospel. If there's a rumor that goes around, it should be related to our Redeemer and the rescue of sinners. That's the only rumor we need to be guilty of spreading. That's the only gospel, a gossip we need to spread is the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, preacher, but I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know about my situation. Well, weep not in your desperation. Nobody has ever been through a hard time in your life when the presence of the Lord hadn't showed up in your life. Now, now you may try to handle it yourself. And if you try to fix it yourself, don't be surprised if he just stands back in the shadows waiting for you to surrender it to him. But when you get ready to surrender it, he'll touch the by ear or the coffin of your son. He'll, he'll, he'll touch your life. You say, well, preacher, there wasn't no miracle to raise my kid. Tragedy struck, and there wasn't no miracle to fix my problem. But can I tell you, thank God, wait not because love is eternal. See, right now we think, we think in our mind, well, well preacher, Papa, for instance, uh, hit Seth real hard. He was a godly influence. My wife's grandpa, Aunt Seth, and he mentioned it down in Sunday school. I think Jerry and Miss Bethany was there. How, how, man, it was one of the first times that he lost somebody that's really close. And, and uh, we think for sometimes, well, love is severed because we can't see them. But, but that ain't so. If we love God and that person loves God, that love may not see that person. But when we unite back in heaven, y'all do remember, 
Faith is going to give way because we're going to see him face to face. Hope is going to be revealed because we're going to see him face to face. But guess what lives on forever? Love. That's what 1 Corinthians 13, that lives on forever. So, so if that person loves the Lord and you love the Lord, hey man, thank God, that, that ain't over with. You gonna see them again. We not, hallelujah, you will be reunited. And love don't change. Matter of fact, here's what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 39. He said, these all having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. One day, they're gonna be called up just like we're going to be caught up and we're going to meet the Lord in the air and show we'll ever be with the Lord. I'm glad the love of God, hallelujah, will always, will never pass away, but will always be there. Somebody asked me one time, said, preacher, but do you think we'll know people over there? So I just asked them this question. I'm from Green Creek. Maybe I got to have it plainer, but it's pretty simple. So you think we're smarter here then we're going to be there. Come on now. You think we're going to know less up there than what we know. We're going to know each other. We're going to know as we're known. Somebody help me. Amen. Y'all know I'm right. Thank God. Amen. Hey, weep not. Love is eternal. Miss Victoria, you come. Weep not. Even in death, you'll recognize those who have went on before you. Weep not. You're going to rise again one day and see him in the, in the skies. Hey, hey, weep not, church. The preaching will raise a corpse. Praying will raise a corpse. But what, really? When the Lord shows up in the preaching and the Lord shows up in the praying, his presence is what cures a corpse. Now, there's some people in here and you say, preacher, yeah, but you don't know that person in my family. They, hey, they lost. They wicked. They undone. They need to be saved. Yep. And, and there's people in my family that said I went too far too. I, I'm telling you, you, if I told you half the stuff I did, y'all probably, I don't even know if you'd hear me preach. But Brother Tony, as a matter of fact, when you get saved, you don't automatically have everything go out of your mind. Now, you won't do everything you used to do, but you'll still think about some of that stuff. That's why you need to get saved at a young age because you'll wrestle. Every door you open up, you've got to wrestle to keep the door shut once you get saved. Y'all know I'm right. Amen. And that stuff will go through your mind, the things you've seen and the things you've done. And boy, I'm telling you, some days you won't even feel safe. But ain't you glad? Hallelujah, wouldn't you? You're just dead. Hey, man, you couldn't save yourself and you can't keep yourself safe. It's God that does every bit of it. It's God that does it. He loves you so much. He come by today just to tell you he knows your situation. And you think it's hopeless. But the presence of the Lord can take the hopeless and restore the hope. So I'm going to ask you to stand. I has bowed, eyes closed. Anybody here say, Preacher, I'm lost.